0: Mr. Ronnie LaPorte. I am here. Glad you can make it on. DJ Patterson. Hello, hello. And we've got Mr. Ian Porter also. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you guys all for joining the Pints and Polishing Podcast, where we always consume a nice frosty beverage. Yeah. We talk about either detailing trends or tips or just uh, sometimes we just get on and harass each other. Lots of fun. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so today's guest, super excited, uh, Ronnie Laporte. He is the regional, one of the regional sales managers of CarBright, the gentleman who got me into the business. We'll share that story in a little bit. So, Ronnie, welcome.
1: Thank you, Marty. Always a pleasure to join
0: you, boys. <laughs> and we've got DJ from Eco Green Mobile Detailing.
2: Yep. I can finally do that.
0: There we Mr. Go. Ian Porter from uh, the Brown. Mustache, <laughs> detail shop
2: yeah brown beard like down south <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right uh ronnie tell us what beer did you choose for tonight so we went with
1: the uh since i'm from colorado we decided to go with left-hand brewery out of longmont colorado and uh we chose fade to black which is uh a heavy porter, mm. which is nice on these nice cold evenings. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's what we're going with. Fade to black.
0: Yeah, and uh, I I went ahead and cracked mine open. Super delicious.
2: Yeah, it's really good. I just poured it in a glass.
0: Damn and, it. and you've yeah. got to do a hard pour, I guess. What is a hard pour? Do we know what that is?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh-huh. you're the one that has the beer podcast i mean yeah exactly
3: marty. right let me let me
2: google it real quick there uh, you
0: go that's a great DJ, idea. A black, kid, please. I, i'm
2: working on it in one second
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so ronnie tell us about what uh, what you do with carbride
1: so um so as you know marty i go out and uh try to find people like yourself that uh want to go out and sell our uh, brand of chemicals um Gosh, you and I go back, I don't know, what year you think it was when we first... Uh, uh, 2009. 2009. Early
0: 2009.
1: Yeah. So what I do, Marty, I pretty much cover everything west of the Mississippi, including uh, our friends up in uh, western Canada. And uh, and I got three gentlemen who helped me with that. And uh, we work with distributors like yourself uh, to go out and supply chemicals <laughs> to dealerships detail shops car washes etc so how long have you been in the business see i started back in the business well if you want to count i mean i started with valvoline uh, back in 94 and then in about 2001 they purchased uh, uh guess what 99 they purchased eagle one and i went to work on that side of the business in 2001 so uh so I
0: guess uh going on DJ, about seventeen years now. So seventeen years, DJ. What were ninety-four? When were you born?
2: Why are you why are you picking on the young guy here? Let's see. I was born in eighty nine. So what's that? Uh <laughs> five years?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So long time <laughs> long time in the business, almost as long as DJ's been alive.
2: Hey, that's all right. That's awesome. It is. It's good to have wisdom on the show, Marty. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah,
3: we, we have to get it from somebody.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
3: you know a hard pour is, which I know now.
0: Oh, please do share. Please do so share. So you
2: just – you get your 16-ounce glass, you crack the beer, and you pour it straight down in it. You don't have to do it sideways or anything. You just pour uh, it straight down. Them. Yep, yeah. that's it. Hard right, but well,
0: why, why a hard pour?
2: I guess the uh, nitrogen or something in the beer just – I don't know, it looked really cool on YouTube, so um, just do it.
0: Yeah, no, I did. Okay. Just trying to figure out why.
2: Yep, don't know the science. I can figure that out next to you. One second.
0: So here's the story, um, just so people know. Uh, so I had a car wash um, detail shop. That's how I met DJ. And I sold out of that about 2008 to go join with a company that was supposed to build tin car washes, and I was going to GM those washes. And immediately when we started opening, I knew the products that the guy wanted to use, the owner, and they were just a bit expensive. And if we were going to do tin washes, it was like, why couldn't we do a a different brand? We could get some better exposure. And that's how I had already reached out to Carbright, but that was when I met you, Ronnie. Yep. And you came down to that wash, hung out a bit, and then when when that whole thing went uh, south and he didn't, he just built one car wash, um, then you and I really kind of connected on becoming a distributor. And you really put your neck out to really say that, you know, we should be allowed to be a distributor. So that was that's how you and I got started, which was really great, you know, having... You know all you guys on to be able to to go, and so one of the things that I started doing, especially because, like you said, Carbright really does a lot with dealerships, is I one of my accounts was a dealership that uh Mr. Brown Mustache was working at. Hey, show my branding some respect,
2: that's right. <laughs> he worked really hard for that. He just got his truck wrapped, too. Looks pretty awesome,
0: dude. That did look legit. So Redbeard Ian with Redbeard's Garage or Detail Shop. Tell us about the, the wrap. It literally glows in the dark. Uh, so <clears throat>
3: I was talking to my boy Brandon Barnett. Give him a little shout out of Ink Wraps right there in Tulsa. His shop is like literally right behind mine. We had been talking about wrapping the truck, and you know, obviously I've got you know not tooting my own horn or nothing, but I got pretty decent branding, and we needed to. <laughs> capitalize on that <laughs> so to speak so we just we kind of bounced back and forth ideas or whatever we drew up a design and then i know of another buddy who had his mobile van wrapped that's uh, a
0: long story to just say yeah you got
2: geez, dude. That. Jeez, dude oh my hey, gosh
3: shut you your like, mouth this like is
2: this is a ronnie show it's not the ian show right we're just we're just <laughs> sidekicks today
3: dude. yeah well i do what we I don't know. need okay. your intro
2: <laughs> Godly.
3: Anyways, I got the idea He's from still friend, and I figured why the hell not? <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically where we're at.
0: Yeah. Nice story, Good one, nice man. Story.
2: Yeah, thanks. Eat shit.
0: <laughs> anyway, you got a really great rap, and we had met because
2: that's a rap. You know, were...
0: yeah. <laughs> that's a rap. <laughs> Uh all right so anyway there's there's the whole story so Ronnie we, we were coming on and one of the things that you and I talked about was we wanted to discuss some things inside dealerships dealership detail yeah because you're in dealership in and out the year you know what on a definitely a weekly basis right yes yeah
1: for sure
3: awkward silence
1: Hey
2: oh. there. Okay. Then I lost you. Marty. Marty? Well, since he's gone, oh. I'll tell you about the uh, <clears throat> hard port. So <laughs> <laughs> Did we lose him? <laughs> well, I, so. guess. I guess we're running this show together. Yes. Uh oh.
3: Anyways, what about this hard port? Hello.
2: Yeah, so apparently the. Fade to black, you don't have to hard pour. It's uh, milk stout nitro that you hard pour. I guess that's the nitrogen beers you uh-huh. hard pour. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha.
2: Um,
1: well, yep. if you'd like, I I don't know where he was going with that, but I'd be happy to talk about what I do at dealerships. <laughs> like.
2: One second. Yeah. Keep uh,
3: no, right. going. He's texting my <laughs>
1: Marty? Yes, sir. All right. Lost you. Yeah we,
0: yeah, we got disconnected. Better.
1: Yeah.
0: We got Mr. Porter back on and Mr. DJ back on. Cool. Don't know what happened. Got disconnected. But uh, you're in and out of dealerships on a daily, weekly basis, right?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: So tell us, what are some of the best things that you have seen inside a dealership? Something that somebody's doing really well or you know something that comes to your mind
2: as you're in and out of dealerships
0: all across the country
1: well i mean marty what what i'm seeing now is um uh, like max the jewelers you know seeing those type you know buffers and people getting away from the high speed with the uh with the wool pads you know and uh and using uh better technology uh chemical uh compounds uh dissipating abrasives uh not using the old school, uh, you know, uh, we used to call that uh, like like sand or rocks in a bottle or whatever you want to call that stuff that pretty much just creates a bunch of scratches and a lot more work for you. So, uh, so that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing more of uh, newer technology, you know, which is great, you know, not just in your higher end detail shops. I'm starting to see it in uh, some of my higher end dealerships. So.
0: Yeah, now Ian, you worked at a really nice shop at a dealership. What were some of the things you guys did that really stood out?
3: Uh, well, I think the fact, basically, kind of piggybacking on Ronnie, the fact that we actually used flex polishers, I thought it was pretty cool. I was re- legitimately surprised when I when I went into actually interview for that job, uh, and the fact that we used uh, also high end polishers. Uh, I. I it definitely set itself apart. It it seemed as if they they actually cared and tried to go that extra mile to do a better job.
0: Yeah, they, you know, and you don't find that very often. No, like Ronnie said, it is growing, which is cool. There's more and more dealerships that are doing a better job, but traditionally, you can walk into a lot of them, and it's a rough go. Yes. Yeah. So what we wanted to to really talk about tonight is, I mean, we want to start off with thinking about something positive, right? I mean, that's just a good premise to do in life, uh, so to speak, try and figure out a positive thing first. But then, like, let's really take a step back, though, and there is some roughness. There is, uh, once you get into, like, like you had said, Ian, like, they, it appeared that they were such and such a way, but what do most people that have a detail shop, like uh, whether it's mobile or not, that they, they have their own business as a detailer, what is their assumption of a dealership detail?
2: <laughs> I'll go. I'll yeah, go.
3: go for a detail.
2: Because <laughs> I haven't been in the dealership world. So <clears throat> the st- stigma is with us professional detailers is that dealership detailing, is it sucks. I mean, even from... And, and i'm gonna okay even from a client perspective you know we hear all the time like yeah i had it done at the dealership they did a horrible job we just bought a brand new car the dealership detailed it but it you can't really tell you know we want it done again it's just you really get that stigma that there's just no quality it's more numbers you get it in you get it out and and it's done but you've got guys like june jones who actually prides you know they're they're really really good detailers but they're so far in between you really don't there's in my opinion, you don't see a lot of dealership detailers that actually have pride in what they do because it's just a job to them unless you're someone like him who, you know, really cares about the cars and the clients and the process and so forth. But in my experience, from my personal experience, from hearing clients, dealership detailing, just just not – it's not all there. It kind of, for lack of a better word, sucks. So,
0: no, Ronnie, what do you see around the country? I mean, what's, what's some of the issues that you find at a dealership?
1: Well – no, he's right. And and the reason it sucks is, is you know, it, it's, <laughs> they, they're just there to, a lot of those guys are there just to get a paycheck. Um, they don't care, uh, at the end of the day, uh, how that car really looks. Uh, if the customer comes back, they could care less, you know, it's about getting their hours in and getting paid and, and, and going on. So, uh, you know, and and a lot of times, you know, they don't have all the tools like I'm saying that 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 are necessary to really do a good job. You know, they're just still using old school stuff. I mean, I I'm not joking. I'm going to some dealerships and they got Harbor Freight buffers. You know, and uh, they just they, like DJ said, it's true. They just not all, but but a lot of them, mm-hmm. yeah, they
0: just, yeah. They so Ian, try. given you know, and given that you worked at a dealership, and I mean, what what is your take on what they're saying?
3: Uh no, I mean it's hundred percent accurate. A lot of those guys uh are there for a paycheck. Uh and it's you know, a lot of the problems, I'm not def- I'm not like passing blame, everybody's accountable for their own actions, but a good portion of it is through no fault of their own. it's just the dealership setting in general. It it preaches speed, it preaches quantity over quality you gotta you gotta meet your numbers you gotta get the cars out because you always got the sales managers barking down your boss's throat to get these cars to the lot because they're hot items you know so on and so forth but yeah i mean everything they said is is accurate uh i think a lot of it also stems from the fact that uh there is no there is no training standard or, or proper Training to begin with, because usually, say, you get hired on a dealership. More than likely, you're being trained by some guy that was improperly trained himself, and he's teaching all he's teaching you all of his bad habits, and that's just like a snowball effect, and it just keeps going and going and going.
0: Yeah, so they're not really paid, right? There's not uh, generally somebody that is a trainer that is, technically that works Correct. at the dealership, whether. There is some dealerships that do have a manager that takes that responsibility. Yes. But but there's also a a bunch you know that doesn't. So right. let's pause right there. We'll get back into. I think it, we can hit in some training and some different things that a dealership might do. But let's uh, let's crack open. I'm ready for number two myself.
2: All right. Hey, that's that's a good. One. All right,
0: hardcore number hard number no, two no, hardcore.
2: No, no, no. Okay. I think you huh? lost us on that one. So apparently you don't hard pour this beer, you only hard pour the nitro beer that left hand has.
0: Oh, so we didn't have to hard pour that I did. We did not have uh, to. Yeah,
2: it's the yeah. nitro is why you hard pour it.
0: Huh. But so what do you guys taste? There, you can definitely strong, strong coffee. Definitely coffee.
2: Yeah.
1: Molasses.
2: Hmm. Yeah. I'm seeing Yeah, molasses and uh, some notes of. uh...
0: Now, don't read the can. Don't read the (laughs) can. (laughs) He's going to try and read the can. (laughs) Black licorice,
2: espresso, bean molasses, and black cardamom notes.
0: Now, Ian, in his defense, I gave him a late notice and said, hey, man, you want to hop on? So he didn't have a chance to grab this beer. (laughs) What beer did you grab, Ian? Uh yeah. <clears> throat>
3: I throat> drank or excuse me, I grabbed Founders, uh. Backward Bastard Ooh. Uh, Ale. Ooh, that's mm. a good one. Yeah. Yeah? It's, it's an yeah. ale aged in oak bourbon barrels. Yes. Ooh. Yes. I've had that one. Yeah, it's not bad, man. I I liked it at first, but the more I drink on it, honestly, it's it is very complex and rich. Almost yeah. mm. To the point where I don't enjoy it that much, actually. <laughs> and not to mention, for a four pack, it was sixteen damn dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you better enjoy them then. No shit, huh? Yeah, uh, I think this one, geez, keep rolling. It's a good, it's a good beer, uh, and it's like what that eight point six percent. So you're definitely on a two to three basis. Yeah, Last definitely- week we had that uh, nut brown ale, and DJ started talking about liking a nut, so we don't
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> We don't need to get back into that, uh, so we we'll definitely cut ourselves off at two, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, good. Shit. Good shit. So Ronnie, from a, a distributor chemical company that's in and out of dealerships, I mean, what type of things could they do better for training? you know, a start, but I mean, what are some different things that uh, are available to dealerships for training?
1: Well, I mean, uh, we, first off, the dealership has to want to become better, you know? And so, and I, then why you, wouldn't
0: they like, let, let's ask that question. Why, yeah. why wouldn't they want to be better?
1: Well, you would think they do, but some, um, they just, uh, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I wish I Ian, what do you
0: think? I mean, you're in, like, you were at a dealership. Why wouldn't they want to be better?
1: Uh,
3: honestly, just plain, plainly put it's because they're there for a job. A lot of the guys don't give a damn. They don't. For them, this is just like a stepping stone to their next job or for the guys who honestly have just no ambition in life. They just want to work at a dealership, whatever. Uh, that's, they're just, they're there.
0: No. But, I mean, I know a bunch of the local detailers that are at dealerships, and there are a lot of them that work hard, though. Like, they, oh, yeah, no, no doubt you're going to
3: work hard. but
0: Yeah, like they work hard. They're cleaning cars. Yeah. So, I mean, why? But it's, like, it's got to be the system, right? It's not necessarily the guy. Like, I would agree. There is, you walk into some places, and there's some guy. Like, they just don't care. Yeah. But you're going to find that anywhere, of you know. Course. absolutely. Um, what job? Yeah, so, but there there are a, a lot that I know that we service that, I mean, they are working hard day in and day out trying to produce a great car, but tell us about why they might rush through something faster than not. You know, what is it about a dealership, you know, Ronnie, and you chime in too from what you see, but... It's like they they like you said the, the new car manager is pressing down. Yeah, you've got a lot of pressure to get the car out. And and why is it that they run through some a lot faster than than probably they should? Well, it's mainly because at least the
3: dealerships that I've worked for in the past, you're you're paid flag hours. So it's basically each car is assigned a certain numerical value. How many ever hours that it's worth. So obviously, the more cars you do in a day, the more you're going to get for that day. So it behooves yourself to knock out.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah that's good. Google
3: that. Google that. Google that. Oh yeah,
0: yeah,
2: you're right, you're right. Yeah. At
3: the end of the paycheck, you're
1: going to have a fatter paycheck because you ooh. get more cars. you know, Marty. Last it week, it is a duty and, of uh,
2: responsibility. Spent
1: a little time <laughs> out in Omaha, h and. Uh, Brought old Bob Rassman in with me, and uh, what we did oh, is they, they wanted us to take a look at their processes and procedures and see <clears throat> where we can help improve. Not, not We want to keep the quality, but try to see where we can create some efficiencies. So that's what we did uh, for them. And,
0: uh, and what are some things you did?
1: Well, we looked at, uh, you know, um, different things from even in the wash process, you know, they were... Uh, you know, by helping them, uh, go from a bottle spray bottle of degreaser and, and they went around the vehicle and sprayed everything and, and, uh, they probably spent an extra five minutes where we could, uh, reduce a lot of that from putting in a, uh, a coil hose and, and we're going to run oh, yeah. the, uh, a hydrominder type setup where now we're going to eliminate that bottle. They can just pull in, we can spray those wheel wells the tires and motor, uh, things like that, you know, uh, you know, also looked at uh some stuff they were doing on the interiors and, and different types of blow guns. Uh we we now have like this uh Vortex. It's kind of like a tornador style, except without the canister, just a blow gun. Uh we moved them to those. Uh I don't know. Other there's a couple of things off the top of my head that we uh were able to help them with.
0: So I mean, DJ from being a you know self-employed detailer. I mean, you guys are all about processes and having the right thing. What would be if there's, you know, somebody that wants to learn how to do processes and what's
2: important? What would you tell them? Be patient because we're launching a um, <laughs> a training course on systems and processes soon. But really, really, we are, we are, we are. So,
0: it's... you're gonna give us a little tidbit of information?
2: Sure, why not? So. Um, Golly, I don't even know where to start. So, I mean, with any business, okay, let's say from a long time ago when I first started, um, we would detail a client's car and I'd never see him again. I'd go to the next client and the next client and I would never have that information. So when they called back, let's just say, this is just one aspect of the system. They call back in two years and they call in, well, we have no record of them. We don't know who they are, what they got, what they paid for. You know, when you're in the beginning of your business, you're changing your prices, you're changing your services. And you want things to be streamlined. You want to be able to know what the client has, what, they're, what, they're, what they paid in the, in the past. Um, so the system allows us to actually have documentation of every aspect of the detail um, in regards to price, services, who detailed the vehicle, what color the vehicle was, address. I mean, it's very, very yeah, that sounds.
0: that sounds awesome. I mean, like,
2: processes as far as, like, when you get employees
0: in, Y'all have processes. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, of how you systematic. do. Your, yeah, you were. Then right. that was that was a great spiel. I didn't want to cut you off because you were rolling, but yeah, you did. Well, at a proper time, right? I could have done it earlier. Yeah,
2: that's why you're the host.
0: So, <laughs> like he was, like you were saying, like the prop Ronnie was teaching processes and teaching how to clean the car faster. Like, what do you guys do? That's what I was kind of saying, when you're trying to
2: train people
0: on your process.
2: Um, so as far as the training aspect goes or oh. the hiring process? Yeah. Yes? Okay. So um, the, like, day one when we bring them on, um, when they when they actually hired on after the interviewing process, we'll, um, we'll do a one day, like, at the shop to where we'll have them do a full deluxe detail from start to finish by themselves with some coaching, obviously that way they can get a hands-on experience of each process that's not in the field. And it's not time. It's not, we're on entitlement at someone's house so they know how to do each task. That way when they go into the field, they can actually have some basic knowledge of what needs to be done um, at certain times. And it, it goes more in depth from there, but the first process is learning every step. Um, in a very non-time-based environment. So, but Ian,
0: with that, I mean, how would that, how would a dealership be able to take something like that and put it in place? Uh,
3: man, I don't, I don't know, because everything is based off of time in a dealership. I, I think one of the biggest ways for a dealership to improve is just a, a general procedure of basically an outline of, how to clean a vehicle in these steps and not to double work yourself. I, As far as what DJ said, honestly, I, I don't know that I could
2: answer that.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, and it is specific, his process is specific to his business. I think what we could learn is that he brings them in and he goes through every single thing. He makes sure when they're out in the field that they actually know what they're doing. So, Ronnie, Ronnie, what have you seen at a dealership, somebody that's done it right? Because like, Ian said that a lot of times it's just the guy that trained him, um, you know, that then they got trained by somebody else. What's, what's a dealership that, that could do what DJ's saying, you know, and actually make sure that each detailer knows all the, the process? Well,
1: I mean, what we do is a lot of times is we actually write it all out and on paper for him. And, uh, and we call that a SOP, which is uh standard yep. operating procedures. And, uh, we'll create that for him. And, uh, you know and and then once it's amazing you know it's it's like about maybe a couple pages long of stuff you follow this step by step on every car you're going to have consistency and what's going to happen is they're going to get better at it and believe me it's going to just come second nature and it's amazing next thing you know they're processing cars faster the cars are being processed faster but they're still at the quality level that you want so, uh, I think having a good SOP is what we call standard operation procedures, standard operating procedure is, uh, is a good start, you know, and, uh, and that's what we do. You know, that's, we, that's what we pride ourselves on. We want, we want dealerships to be better. We, we you know, we have great products. You could have the best products in the world, but if you have the, if you, if you don't have the right procedures, um, uh, the results aren't going to be there. And, uh. It's going to want it costing you more money in the end. So that's my two cents. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, I want to throw some one more thing out. I just noticed. Let's get back. Look at the bottom of your can. What's the date on your can? Mine says best if it's if you consume by uh, nine fifteen of eighteen.
0: Ours, yeah, mine's maybe... nine twenty eight. Yeah, mine's mm-hmm. nine twenty
2: eight.
1: Oh, she. Of eighteen. Okay. All right, I just noticed that. I was wondering what yours was. Mine's nine fifteen of eighteen.
0: Hmm.
1: Seems like yeah, it's interesting because you got yeah
0: the the yeah. box that I got said it was a seasonal beer.
1: It is. It is yeah. seasonal, but it looks like you got a fresher. Yours is maybe a couple weeks fresher than mine, and I bought this right here in Colorado. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Damn.
0: Well, maybe they're on the <laughs> they're they're in the shipping out. So when I I've done a couple different beer tours, and one of them that we did is when we were up in Denver. Yeah. We took the little drive up to Longmount and that is where Left Hand Brewery is. Yep. And well, there's. There's a really, it's a, it, I would say if anybody's up that way, that's a fun tour. The, the, the lady just grabbed a beer and walked us through. And when they say that they are employee owned, that's, you know, she was very specific and kept talking about it. Really one of those, like, if you could think of the Colorado feel, you know, there's like this uh, kind of what earthy, grungy kind of feel to Colorado like, that is totally left-hand brewery. Yeah. So super, really cool place. We had a great time at that brewery. Really great. Anyway, so um, any other thoughts that y'all want to talk? I mean, it, we dealerships need a lot of work. We respect dealerships, and we're grateful for, you know, what they do. But as far as a detail shop, to me, when I've seen As coming from the part of the industry that I was in, you know, with DJ and car washing and um, doing that and then moving to the chemicals and seeing, I think, to me, the hardest part of dealerships is, no pun intended, red beard. Like, I literally felt that a lot of dealerships treated detailers like a redheaded stepchild. Yeah, no, uh, 100%. (laughs) They don't take it seriously. And why do you think that is? Like we 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 talked a little bit about you know the guys and the system, and so they just kind of run through some cars, but if they're they're literally looked down upon so heavily, like why is that?
3: I don't know. I just I I, I still think in some ways that our industry is kind of like a black sheep. But the guys don't the sales managers and salespeople, I I think don't really take us seriously because they hate that they have to pay us for what we do. It's just like another expense. So they don't yeah. really take it as serious as they should because they only look at what they have to pay us to do the vehicle instead of looking at it as what do we have to do to get that vehicle to like a hundred percent, you know, yeah, we are going to, have to pay a little extra, but almost guaranteed we're going to be able to sell that car for extra. So-
0: exactly. So that's been my issue when I'm at them. I'm like, Listen, if you you understand that that is such an impulse buy, because, like, when I've been out looking for cars, if it wasn't something that exactly I knew and I was just out shopping, seeing that car that looked cleaner, that it caught my eye in, you know, in the row of cars, and maybe it was polished a little bit better, and it popped, like, it would draw me to it. And then, of course, somebody's going to pay more because, it looks better. It yeah. feels better. Like I, that's what I'd have not understand. They 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 disre <laughs> a lot of dealerships disregard that a car that looks better is going to make them more money. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a good. Point. But there,
0: but there's some that do it right. Yeah. yeah just well, there, is. there is. There's some that do and some that don't. So.
2: Yep. There is.
0: Well, Ronnie, tell us some closing thoughts, anything that's on your mind, what you want to – before we head on out of here.
1: No, I don't know, guys. Uh, appreciate everything you guys do and uh, enjoyed being here and enjoyed my faith of black beer. And uh, I don't know, man, closing thoughts. I'd say uh, just keep doing what you're doing, Marty, and uh, – and DJ, you guys are awesome, man. So uh glad to be part of uh this little podcast. And you two Redbeard haven't met you yet, but maybe Thank one sir. day we'll hook up. That's right. <laughs> when I'm in Tulsa.
0: Definitely. So Ronnie, tell us where people can find you. Um generally people will leave a social media handle or you know, if somebody wants to get in contact with Carbright and see what chemicals they have, how does somebody reach you?
1: Um uh, they can give me a call uh, or, uh, you know, you have my contact info. <laughs>
0: uh, well, it's a podcast. You got to leave it. If you want somebody to know it, you got to say it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they could give me a ring. Uh, I don't know.
2: Uh, <laughs> how about Instagram? At Clean Car Co. How about yeah, that? Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> I like it. K-L-E-E-N-K-A-R-C-O. There you go. Yeah. Cool. DJ, and uh, where do people find you? Uh, Instagram at Eco Green MD, or at DJ Patterson. At DJ
0: Patterson. And
2: Mr. Redbeard? Yes, sir. Brownbeard. Brown Brown
0: mustache. Yeah, brown, brown <laughs> Mr. Brown mustache. Yeah.
3: No, uh, you can find me Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, at Redbeard Detail Shop.
0: Hey, so do you want to finish your story or did you finish it?
3: <laughs> very fun no it's uh it's a special kind of fl- a film it's a, a special kind of reflective film that 3 M makes uh and we decided to go with that because we really wanted we, we thought because of the orange that's in my logo and whatnot it would really make it pop and like at night i mean as you saw in the pictures like it's super bright
0: yeah super bright yeah um so what you made me think when you said 3M, I was like, hey, careful, you got Ronnie on the phone. He's, you know, it's a, <laughs> That's a competitive product. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie, so tell us, we didn't really talk. We talked about you, and, and so as we close out, I apologize because I didn't ask you earlier. Um, t- you, we talked about you, but we didn't really talk about who Carbright is, and why don't you tell us who they are? What are some of your favorite products that they have?
1: yeah so Carbright was founded in 1947 so i've been around a very long time uh, started in indianapolis minnesota uh indy and uh, some of my favorite products absolutely would be our new select compound and polish by far uh and then another product i'd say is one of our top sellers and one of my favorites is called purple dressing it's a tire dressing and uh I tell you what, there's not many on the market that can touch that one, in my opinion. It's a uh, it's a great tire dressing. So if somebody's looking for a nice high gloss shine that lasts long, uh, uh, purple dressing would be my go to dressing. Marty, so, is that
3: the stuff that smells like
1: grape? It it does. It's got a very distinctive sip, smell to it. It's purple in color, obviously. It's called purple dressing, but uh, it's just a it's it's a combination uh, of solvents. I swear solvents. it was
0: blue to me. You know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So that, that, that and uh, wipe and shine's a good one too, dude. Yeah, really wipe and shine's select, super wipe great. And shine that's a good one, especially for your car dealerships that want to do uh light touch ups on your showroom vehicles and everything. So, uh, I'd say those are my top my favorites.
3: Yeah, they're cool. Well, the reason I asked if it smells like grape because there's one that I get from Marty that I, I spray in a gun that I really like.
0: Oh, no, that's the tire and trim gel.
3: Oh, oh, the God. gel.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun one to, to use. So, anyway, thank you, Ronnie. I appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to us about what all you see in and out of dealerships. Uh, DJ, thank you for your time, Mr. Uh, Redbeard. Yes, sir. Appreciate Always. you. This is Marty, Total Auto Solutions. Thank you for tuning in to Pints and Polishing Podcast. You can find us at Total Auto Solutions, Instagram, Facebook, and uh
2: DJ, you know what they say. Make it a great day. Have a great day. <laughs> Make it a great day. See ya. Take care. That's take a wrap. You.